What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all, man? If you're listening right now, that song you heard to open it up um, is by myself. Um, new project dropping in June. Name of that song is called Doing Wrong. But if you haven't heard, Kevin Durant has been traded to the Phoenix Suns. Um, I know. Um, I was actually it the at the clippers mavericks game um and i got the opportunity to speak to kyrie irvin today and i am probably going viral right now um because i asked kyrie about the kd trade so fuck it let's just get into it and let's just play it let's just play the full audio all of it let me embarrass myself Kyrie, did you hear that KD was just traded to Phoenix? Sorry, Kyrie. Sorry, Kyrie. Sorry, Kyrie. Sorry, Kyrie. You guys can ask all the speculative questions that you want. Um, Sorry, Kyrie. Yeah, now you good? Sorry, Kyrie. So, what about your team? You look comfortable. All right, so shout out to Kyrie. Now, I just want to say, in fairness to myself, right? In fairness to myself, in fairness to myself, um, when you do those NBA pressers and stuff like that, a lot of the times, um, basically you essentially are waiting around for certain superstars. So like, for example, after the game, a guy like Kawhi will go and he'll get treatment and he'll be in there for like 30 minutes, getting treatment, lifting weights, doing all the other stuff, blah, 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 blah. So Kyrie went to go lift weights after the game. So it was about 50 reporters in a room probably about as big as my living room, all surrounded by each other. I could barely breathe in there. There's people in there coughing and stuff. And then we all sitting there, and then all of a sudden we get the alert that Kevin Durant has been traded um, to the Phoenix Suns. Um, the Woj bomb comes in, which is, if you haven't seen it, um, Adrian Wojnarowski um, from ESPN, he broke the news about an hour ago that Kevin Durant um, was going to Phoenix. He's going to Phoenix in a blockbuster trade deal, according to Woj. Um, and the trade, basically, it includes Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks, a 2028 pick swap for Kevin Durant, and they get TJ Warren. Um, if you all don't know, um, the Phoenix Suns closed a new ownership. Um, they finally got away from racist Robert Sarver. Um, and the new owner, I believe you pronounce it, Matt um, Ishbia or Ishbia, I believe that's how you pronounce it, um, took over the organization and basically said that the organization was going to move in a completely different way than it moved before. Um, so pretty much that's kind of what happened. So now Kevin Durant, as you can see from the graphic, is a Phoenix Sun now, man. That's kind of crazy. You got Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Aiden, which actually this graphic is very disrespectful to DeAndre Aiden. Why is DeAndre Aiden not in this? Why is DeAndre Aiden not in this graphic? And shout out to y'all. Yeah, shoot a shoot, bro. I'm not, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not scared of nothing. Like, I don't think I'm scared of my child getting hurt and being broke. But 
Um, so when it comes to asking these NBA players questions, like kind of is what it is. And, you know, I apologize to Kyrie if, if he took offense to it. I was not trying to be offensive to Kyrie. I was not trying to, you know, um, you know, you know, crap on his moment or any of that stuff. Like I, I, I don't believe in like reporters asking stupid questions, but like literally him and Kevin Durant was just on the same team five days ago. Um, he gets traded fresh off a new game. KD just gets traded right after his game. I'm I'm going every time I'm going to always ask. It just it just is what it is. I'm going to do what I have to do and I'm and I'm going to ask. Um and you know, it's unfortunate that the timing was a little bit off cuz I definitely do feel like I just should have asked Kyrie about the game. And actually I had a bunch of questions to ask Kyrie. I actually I had two questions prepared to ask Kyrie. First question I was going to ask Kyrie was um, um was did you have butterflies before playing in today's game? And, this, and my second part of the question was going to be, what do you think your impact could be on the rookies and the young guys that you have on your team now that you're here? Now, obviously, uh, Kevin Durant getting traded five minutes before Kyrie Irving walks into the press conference room means that I'm going to ask Kyrie Irving about Kevin Durant being traded, which is probably not the best thing to do. But, you know, sorry, Kyrie, like I really wasn't trying to, um, you know, shit on your moment and ruin your moment. I actually got a lot of respect for you. I actually stood up for you during your whole documentary fiasco because I believe that you have a good heart um, and that your heart is in the right place. So, you know, shout out to Kyrie, man. I was I'm in no disrespect and in no way was trying to diminish his um, his night. You know, he had a great night, played a great game versus the Clippers. Um, I believe he shot nine to 17 from the field. He had five assists. He had 28 points. He played very, very well. Um, even coach Jason Kidd talked about after the game, um, you know, specifically um, how he wanted Kyrie to move. And actually, I'm going to play some of those videos in a minute. But let's go ahead. Let's hop back into this Kevin Durant thing. Fans, I want y'all to drop y'all comments right now. Drop your comments in there right now. What's good, y'all? Drop your comments right now. Drop your comments in there right now. and Let me know. Are the Phoenix Suns now the favorite in the NBA West? Me personally. I don't really know if they're the Suns. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, if they're the favorites. But drop your comments. Are the Suns with Kevin Durant the favorites? All right. Uh, in the West. Sorry, doing all this live. With, are the Suns with Kevin Durant the favorites in the West? All right, let's add that. We're going to make that a ticker. So I want you all to comment below. Are the Suns with Kevin Durant? The best team in the West. Shout out to my guy Looperman. If you um if you've ever heard any of our Rolodex projects, um Looperman Beats produces all of them. So if you're watching this video right now, go search Looperman Beats in YouTube. Listen to his channel. Buy some of his beats. He's one of the best producers in the whole world. So shout out to my guy Looperman. He said personally he would say no. Um, Julian says the West is still very wide open. Instagram Live TV says yes. So if y'all feel like the league is wide open. Why do you feel like the league is wide open? That's really like one of my main questions that I have to ask for you guys, because to me personally, right. I'm going to tell you why I don't believe this is going to work. The chief reason why I don't believe that this is going to work. And I know y'all going to say TPJ, you a hater TPJ. You love hating on him. I don't believe this is going to work because of Chris Paul. Like, as you can see in this Woj graphic, right? You have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. But you only have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul in his graphic because of legacy for Chris Paul, um, not because of any other reason other than legacy. 
because he's not the best player on the team. He's not one. Of, he's not like he's. I've had this argument the other day with Glass Malone. Chris Paul is 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 like average. He's a he's a he's a slightly above average NBA player now at this point in his career, and that's not to diminish him. I'm just strictly saying that I, that's just what I believe, and I believe that him and knowing him and knowing the way that he plays and knowing the way that he commands the ball and he always has to have the ball in his hands. He's a lot different than a guy like Kyrie. Like you know, um, a, a, a guy like Kyrie is able to play with multiple dominant sto- um, you know, scorers or guys that could put the ball in the basket as evidenced by what he did in Cleveland. Um, so if you saw what he did in Cleveland, with a guy like Kevin Love, like Kevin Love, it wasn't necessarily giving you the numbers he was giving you before, but what Kevin Love was doing was still on any given night could give you 20 points a night. So that means that the ball has to flow and be equally distributed for that to happen. The shooters always got the ball when um, Kyrie played in Cleveland. Even if you think about Kyrie on the Celtics, they were very successful. He was able to share the ball with Brown and Tatum and 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 work in terms of um, you know facilitating and all the other stuff. So to me, I just personally believe that Chris Paul has always been the number one dominant ball handler on the majority of the teams that he's had. And although him and Devin Booker do a great job of switching off, and they have done a great job of here, you take it, I take it, you take it, I take it, you take it, I take it. Now you have Kevin Durant, you have DeAndre Aiden, and you have Devin Booker who all need shots. And um, and shout out to um, Instagram Live TV who said that they shouldn't have traded Mikael Bridges. Trading Mikael Bridges to me was the biggest mistake that they made in the whole trade. Um, he's a very, very valuable asset, but to me, if you telling me that your starting lineup, what's your starting lineup now? Your starting lineup is what? Is KD playing the four? Is he playing the three? Like, what does the roster look like? Is TJ Warren going to be starting now? Is TJ Warren going to be your sixth man now? Like, rotationally, I don't really know what the Suns are going to do going forward. Um, um, so, you know, I understand it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But, but I know that they didn't, quote, unquote, get along in Boston, but the ball didn't stick in Boston. That's my point. And my point with Chris Paul is he's so... Heavy pick and roll, boom, 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 boom. The reason why the Mavericks were able to beat the Suns last year was because they just put them in a pick and roll. Luka got the switch on Chris Paul or the switch on Aiden, and they made them pay every time that they came to double and make that happen. Even watching the um, you know, the Mavericks game earlier when the Mavericks played the Clippers, um, like it's very clear, and you can and you can very clearly see um that when that when Kyrie has the ball, his gravity pulls so many people towards him. And with them pulling the gra- and with him pulling the gravity towards them, op- guys were getting the ball in open opportunities, and the Clippers always had to recover a little bit later. That's why, like literally, I believe through most of the game, I believe the Mavericks wound up shooting around like 46% from three for the game. But they were above 50% shooting in this game today versus the Clippers for pretty much the entire game. Um, and that just comes from people being late on rotations. So I think it'll be interesting. I also think if I'm Jason Kidd, I discovered that I can run out um green. And I can run out Kyrie in a lineup with Reggie Bullock and Dwight Powell um, and have some success. And I think that that is very, very good for them because at that point, you don't even have to put Dwight Powell in a pick and roll type of atmosphere for him to be successful with Kyrie because Dwight Powell, just like Maxi Keebler, who's coming back, are two guys that don't necessarily mind stretching out. And even Dwight Powell, I noticed today, like was actually – they kept giving him the ball, and he would obviously throw it away from him to get the ball out of his hands. But even as he threw the ball away to get the ball out of his hands, he got the ball one time, caught it in the middle, made a move on Zubak, and scored. 
So to me, when Kyrie's in the game, instantly just Kyrie alone, that much gravity is going to open up everyone else. When you look at the Phoenix Suns, you have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. Actually, let's go to let's go to ESPN. I want to see their depth chart. ESPN, ESPN. Let's go to ESPN. I want to see their depth chart. So, Phoenix Suns. I can't believe I I can't believe that Kyrie shit, man. I'm look like a goofy. Okay, okay. So their starting lineup is going to be their depth chart right now, according to ESPN. It's Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Torrey Craig, DeAndre Ayton, and Kevin Durant with Sabin Lee, Damian Lee, TJ Warren, Dario Saric, and Josh Okuji and Bismack Biombo off the bench. To me, to me, this roster is not a championship level roster. In order to win in the West, you need to at least be three deep. I mean, sorry, I'm sorry, three deep off the bench. And you need a score, and you need a playmaker, and you need a big. If you look at their bench, they only have a score coming off the bench. And they got a grit and guy, I'm sorry, a grit and grind guy in Damian Lee, who's gonna go and get those buckets. And he's played well. Like I used to believe that he wasn't um an NBA player a while ago. And I and I think he's grown perfectly in his role um in Phoenix and really proved that like he's more than just Steph Curry's brother-in-law. So shout out to Damian Lee for really like going out there and hustling. But if I look at this roster, this roster construction is not better. They're like, like let's actually let's look at the Mavericks roster. Um, let's look at their Mavericks roster. Hold on, so matters. Let's look at the Mavericks roster real quick. So even if we're looking at the Mavericks roster, shout out to ESPN for the depth chart. I try to go to the NBA, but I just the NBA's website is just not user friendly. But anyways. M- Mavericks depth chart: Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, Christian Wood. Now to me. Now to me, now to me, this guy is the most important guy on this entire team for this particular team. I think this guy and Max A. Keebler and this guy will wind up being the two most important players for the Mavericks. And the reason why they will be is because this guy is not going to spend a lot of time in this role. They're going to try to run out a larger lineup when Max A. gets back and, and stretch out the floor and run a bunch of pick and roll with Max A and pick and pop with Max A. But Max A, I believe, had a torn hamstring. So that's why he's been out. So he'll eventually be back. But to me, the Phoenix Suns team is not better than this team that I'm looking at on my tele on my screen right now with Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, Christian Wood. Um, um, Jaden Hardy is actually a very, very good young player. Josh Green, very, very good young player, as evidenced by tonight and what he was doing on the floor. Actually, both of them. Dwight Powell, solid role player. You got um um you got JaVale. JaVale had two timely blocks um versus the Clippers when he came in in that stretch. I think he had a block on Kawhi and it was a block on I think it was Norman Powell at the rim. Huge, whether you like him JaVale or not. And then you got Max A. Keebler who's been hurt and waiting to get back and when he comes back he'll be another presence. So if you're looking at the Mavericks roster, they got about 10 guys. They can whittle those down to eight, and they have one that fits every single one of those roles that I mentioned coming off the bench. You got a shooter because if Reggie, if you want to play a big lineup, Reggie Bullock goes to the bench. That's your shoot off the bench. Josh Green, Jaden Hardy can get buckets off the bench, and then you got two bigs off the bench, and they have Markeith Morris as well, who is a very, very serviceable guy that can score, rebound, play gritty ball when you need him to 
to do what you need him to do. Now let's go ahead and let's look at the next uh, uh, team that I believe that they'll probably have to deal with in the West, the Nuggets. Let's look at the Nuggets roster versus the Phoenix Suns roster. Phoenix Suns starting uh, lineup is is Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Torrey Craig, and um, DeAndre Ayton. Now for the Nuggets, you have Jamal Murray, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and the two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic. You got Bruce Brown off of the bench. You got Christian Braun. You got Conkar. You got Jeff Green, who I actually like. And then Bones Highland, unfortunately, has fallen out of the rotation. But I believe that he'll probably be traded tomorrow, and then this roster will improve. But even still, you got a big off the bench. You got a shooter in Bruce Brown, or I wouldn't call him a quote-unquote shooter. Uh, You had a playmaker in Bones Highland. Yeah, and then Jeff Green is able to slide into that four or five spot for today's roster. To me, still, Jamal Murray is better than Chris Paul. Devin Booker, obviously better than Casey, um, you know, obviously better than KCP. Kevin Durant, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Michael Porter is better than Torrey Craig to me. So that's two in favor of Phoenix. You got Aaron Gordon, who's obviously going to lose that matchup to KD. And then De- DeAndre Aiden is going to get annihilated by Nikola Jokic. So to me, the Phoenix Suns don't have a better roster than them. Now let's go to the Clippers. The Clippers lost tonight versus the Mavericks. I have my questions about this roster. And I think, and I love Ty Lue. I think Ty Lue is great. I love Ty Lue as much as I love Doc Rivers when he was coaching the Clippers. But I'm looking at this team and they're underperforming. And this is a team that can go 12, 10 deep. But the problem is you got one wing, two wings, three wings, four wings, five wings, six wings, seven wings. Eight wing. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Six wings. And then, yeah, yeah. And then you got Amir Coffee off the bench. Not really a wing, more power for Brandon Boston Jr., young guy, rookie, uh, second year can score. I saw I saw Musa Diabate play today. He's a rookie. No disrespect to him, but he was getting minutes today in this game versus the Dallas Mavericks. So to me, the Clippers roster, these two guys are obviously enough to get the Clippers passed the Phoenix Suns, but the rest of these guys, I don't know. I, I So maybe the Phoenix Suns roster is not as bad as the Clippers because to me, the Clippers just have too many ball handling wings. They don't have a playmaking point guard. They don't have a backup big man that can come in and rebound and play defense like a Bobby Portis or a Serge Ibaka when he was in OKC or, um, or a David West when he was in Golden State. Or, or like they don't have that. They don't even have a guy off the bench that can get that can get buckets from the from like like being a wing in the front court off the bench. Like Norman Powell is really like a shooting guard, but he can play the small four. He's not really like a true wing wing. He's more of a shooting guard than a wing. So to me, the Clippers just have a bunch of wings, and I think that you know um, you know no disrespect to Terrence Mann because I like him a lot. I just question their viability overall. Now let's go to the Pelicans. The biggest question about the Pelicans to me is I think they can make the playoffs, but it depends on Zion. Now, if you look at their depth chart with Zion in the lineup, it's CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Herb Jones, Jonas Valanciunas. Now I'm taking CJ over Chris Paul this year. I'm taking uh, Devin. I'm taking Devin Book over Brandon Ingram, obviously. I'm going to take Herb Jones over Torrey Craig. And then I'm actually Kevin Durant and Zion Williamson to me are about as close of a wash as you can get. But you have to give it to Kevin Durant 
in the edge because Zion is still a baby and he hasn't made it and played real playoff basketball. And then if you're asking me Jonas Valanciunas versus DeAndre Aiden, I'm going to take Aiden, but I'm if we're talking a playoff series and if I need that extra thing, I don't know if I can get that from Aiden. I think Aiden has checked out a long time ago, um, you know, on his team. So to me, that's just kind of, you know, kind of what it is. So let's move on. Let's talk some more trade deadline stuff. Um, the Heat got rid of um, um, du um, Dwayne Dedman, um, which is good. He, you know, smacked the, um, um, you know, the the massage gun onto the court because he was mad at Eric Spolstra. So he's gone. Josh Hart got traded right before the game, right before the game. Like literally him and his teammates was on the court hugging as he realized he just got traded to the Knicks for Cam Reddish in a first round pick. Um. So it'll be interesting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move on really quickly from the Suns. We're gonna come back to the Suns, but I have to talk about the Lakers. And let's talk about the Lakers, man. Lakers make some trades, man. Lakers make some trades, baby. The Lakers made some trades, baby. So let's talk about the Lakers making some trades. So the Lakers made some made a huge splash today. Um, actually, I'll go back to Twitter. So we can just look at Woj. We can just Woj watch. Uh, boom, Woj. All right, so we can go back to the start of the day, and let's actually talk about the Lakers. The Lakers made a huge trade today. The Lakers um, traded away Russell Westbrook um, to the Utah Jazz for a lightly protected 2027 first-round pick. Um, and in exchange, they got back D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt in a trade. Um, and that trade, um, you know, included Mike Conley, who got shipped to the Timberwolves. Actually, I think that'll be a good thing for the Timberwolves. I think it was very clear that there wasn't enough basketballs to go around for, um, um, for you know, um, Anthony Edwards, Cat, Rudy Gobert, and D'Lo. So you need your point guard that's going to pass first. Um, and think to shoot later. And Mike Conley is a pass-first point guard, always has been, not the best scorer. And I think him and Rudy Gobert will operate well in the pick and roll. Like Mike Conley is used to playing with Rudy Gobert. He played with him for the past couple of years in Utah. So I think that that's actually a good trade for Minnesota. I think Minnesota got better um, by subtraction because I, I said it on Twitter and everybody on Twitter killed me when I said it. I just didn't necessarily think D'Lo was, was as good as everybody was trying to make him out to be. And I think even in Los Angeles, he's going to come here and come up very, very short. Um, also included in the deal, I'm sorry, I didn't read the rest of it, was Juan Toscano Anderson and Damian Jones. They got traded to the Jazz, who are tank, 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 tanking. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker got shipped to the Timberwolves, which is actually very good for Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, he was a young guy that I really had a lot of faith and belief in when he was um, playing for the Pelicans. But you know, Jose Navarro, um, kind of, I'm sorry, Jose, um, God damn it, Jose Alvarado, right? Yeah, Jose Alvarado, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call you Jose Navarro, sorry. Jose Alvarado came in and just swiped his minutes, like, there was nothing else to be said about it. Um, he just came through, swiped the man minutes, so it is what it is. Now, I knew that Russ was going to get traded once they leaked this report today that said that he was basically starting ruckus in a locker room. I was like, yeah, Russ getting traded today, bro. Like, it's happening. I know it's going to happen. And anytime you see a leak, a bad story leak on a player, trust me, that man is about to get traded, especially when it's on trade deadline day. Um, so 
It's been interesting, an interesting ride. Let's see if we can get some people to call in. Call into the show. If you want to call into the show, navigate to our Twitter, twitter.com slash hoops and brews, and just click that link, and you can call into the show, talk with me live, and we can talk some NBA. So let's get back to actually talking about the Lakers because I kind of went on a tangent, but let's look at the Lakers' actual roster and their depth chart according to one ESPN. So technically their depth chart, which this depth chart is, if this is going to be the actual depth chart, somebody need to get fired. This starting lineup to me, to me, to me, to me, should be D'Angelo Russell. Personally, I would put Malik Beasley in a starting lineup. Uh, let's actually look at his career splits. Um, let's, just, let's see. What's his career? Uh, career-wise, started in 2021 in Minnesota a few games. But he averaged he averaged 19 when he started. To me, this is the guy that the Lakers have been missing. Um, someone who can actually score and, and shoot some threes. Like, he's a solid career, 38% three-point shooter. Um, he can score. He can put the ball in the paint. Um, I don't necessarily feel like he's been put in the best positions to succeed. Um, but I think he's a solid option, and I would much rather him start than have Patrick Beverly start. I think the Lakers need to go with a completely different look than what they've been throwing out there because these lineups are not working. Okay, next up. To me, I, I'm not starting Rui. Rui in no way should start. Jerry Vanderbilt should start. And the reason why I believe Jerry Vanderbilt should start is because he is a guy that's going to go out there. He's going to give you some energy. He started in Utah. He doesn't take a lot of shots. He will shoot a three if you require it of him. But he's going to hustle, rebound, and play hard. And I think coming off the bench for the Lakers, if you have a if you if you if now your bench for the Lakers is Patrick Beverly, Dennis Schroeder, Rui Hachimura. Thomas Bryant, Lonnie Walker, and Austin Reeves, and Troy Brown. That's 12 people. Look, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. That's a 12-man rotation that Darvin Ham is going to have to whittle down to probably eight or nine for the playoffs. And to me, if you're asking me who are my nine guys that I'm choosing from Darvin Ham, obviously it's D'Lo because you traded for him. Then it's going to be Patrick Beverly because he's been on the team, and I still feel like he's usable in situational positions. LeBron, obviously. Rui, obviously. AD, obviously. Schroeder is my is going to be in that rotation. So that's six. Malik Beasley, that's seven. Vanderbilt, that's eight. Bryant, that's nine. That now leaves Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves, and Troy Brown Jr. riding the pine pony. And I'm sorry, guys. I love you guys. I think you guys are phenomenal people. I love Troy Brown Jr. I have nothing bad to say about him ever. He was our first NBA player to actually come on the show Hoops and Brews. Like, like literally the first NBA player to ever come on Hoops and Brews was Troy Brown Jr. So I have the utmost respect for Troy Brown Jr. And I want to see him succeed. But in this current situation with this current roster, if I'm choosing nine guys to go into my playoff rotation with, Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves, and Troy Brown Jr. unfortunately won't make their rotation. Now, I will say this about Austin Reeves. There's been reports that the Lakers want to trade Patrick Beverly. 
Now, if they trade Patrick Beverly, fine, trade him. Then you can give those minutes to Austin Reeves because I feel like he's he deserves those and he's put in his time as a young Laker to do what he was supposed to do. And he's played very, very well. He's made smart decisions. He's made timely shots. He's made timely plays. He makes his layups. I fuck with Austin Reeves. I really do. But if I have to choose between Patrick Beverly in the playoffs and Austin Reeves, I'm going to choose Patrick Beverly. And I'm sorry. That's just it kind of is what it is. So if you're asking me what I'm going to grade the Lakers trade grades, number one, when they got Rui Hachimura, I thought that that was an A-plus trade. This trade that they executed today, another A-plus trade. But, 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 this guy, D'Angelo Russell, can we just have a, a really candid and honest conversation? Hold on, let me see, Russell Westbrook. Let's just have a candid and very, very honest conversation when it comes to Russell Westbrook, right? Russell Westbrook this year um, averaged 15.9 points. He averaged 6.2 rebounds, 7.5 assists, which is eighth in the NBA in assists. And he shot 41.7% from the field goal range and 29.6% from three off the bench. D'Lo is only... Uh, he's he's only averaging two more points per game as a starter than Russ. He's averaging, obviously, a lot less rebounds, half the rebounds Russ is, and he's averaging two less assists. He is shooting higher from the field goal range, 46.5%. Um, and then this season, he's shooting an amazing 39% from three. That 39% from three, these numbers are what are the Lakers are going to need. Now, my only problem with this is that, like, D'Lo has had the ability um, in Minnesota to to really run that offense. And when he wasn't running the offense, the ball was in Ant's hands, running pick and roll or trying to get Cat the ball. So to me, to me, if D'Lo and AD can work out in that pick and roll situation and D'Lo can – make his corner threes, which he's going to be asked to shoot a lot of, just like Russell Westbrook was, and make a lot of his spot-up threes, I believe that the Lakers can be successful. If D'Lo comes in trying to do too much, I think this is going to be a disaster. And to me, I believe 100% that if the Lakers do not make the playoffs this year, LeBron James requests a trade during the offseason. Now, where he will go, I have no idea. But I am telling you right now that LeBron James will request a trade during the offseason if the Lakers miss the playoffs and his roster that is 25 and 30 up until this point with the old roster finishes the season missing the playoffs. That means LeBron will have spent the majority of his time in Los Angeles not making the playoffs and delivering you one championship. That's unacceptable. It just it's just facts. It is what it is. So it'll be interesting to see where the Lakers go. Now, let's actually talk about the Nets, man. The Nets are the most frustrating franchise I can remember in. I can't even I, I, I don't even know how long. Like 
like if you think about it, like last year they had James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. <coughs> Excuse me. Now this year you have Spencer Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, Nick Claxton, with Edmonds um, um Sumner, Cam Thomas, Seth Curry. Joe Harris and Ben Simmons off the bench and Dorian Finney-Smith. And I feel really bad for Dorian Finney-Smith, man. That that trade from the Mavericks probably ruined his career because he's never going to get any real time on his team. This guy's going to play before him. This guy's going to play before him. And this guy's going to play before him. This guy's going to play before him. This one is and this one. Six guys ahead of you when you were basically the starting small four. You go from being a starting small four shooting guard combo on your team to being completely out of the rotation, listed as third on the depth chart. I feel for Dorian Finney-Smith, undrafted guy that the Mavericks took a chance on. Uh, I'm praying for you, brother, and I hope that um, you know you are able to find you a good situation because I always liked you playing with Luca. I thought you playing with Luca was was good. You were the one guy on the team that I would have objected to trading, but I believe that you you were valuable enough to be traded for. It's just unfortunate that they traded for guys that probably have more on the core value than you. So, man, um, shout out to um, you know Dorian Finney Smith. So I said, bro, asked about the Kyrie about the KD trade. I'm sorry, bro. The, y'all got. I'm sorry, Kyrie. I'm sorry, bro. Somebody said, um, Mikhail is, is good. So is Cam, but Durant costs a lot. Yeah, he did. Cost four first round picks. Four first round picks. So let's see. Let's see what our Twitter's looking like. Uh oh. Uh oh. Let's see. Yeah, man. TPJ in the media room. Always, baby. Always. Always in the media room, brother. Always. We don't just we don't just talk this shit. We live it. We don't just talk it. We live it. LA fans were showing Kyrie mad love after the game, by the way. But man. Uh anyways, go ahead, drop some topics. Let me know. Um what you want to talk about, what I should talk about next, what y'all want my opinions on. Um, somebody said, you got a KD quote and now a Kyrie quote. Yes, sir. Yes, I do. I got a KD and a Kyrie quote. I got a Clay quote. I got a Draymond quote. I got a Steve Kerr quote. Uh, I got a Kawhi quote. I got a PG quote. I got quotes, baby. We've been out here working, brother. I don't know if you, I don't know, if you know but we've been out here working. We've been out here working. I got, I got, I've talked to Giannis. I got, I, I, I talked to them all. And I, so, yeah, man. Sorry, Kyrie, bro. My bad, brother. But y'all can see our mentions been on fucking fire. Fire. They been on fire, man. So shout out to y'all, man. Um, That's a lot, but they are a super team. Uh, who was a super team? Who are you saying is a super team, Bill? Um, uh, so uh, I will say this. I believe that the most underrated trade um, made today was actually Josh Hart um, to the Knicks. The Knicks, um, you know, rotationally um, have, to me, always had a problem in a shooting guard role. Like you go out, you give Evan Fournier all that money, but he can't play defense or rebound. And to all of Tom Thibodeau's, um, you know, guys, they play defense and they rebound. If you're playing, if you're playing shooting guard or small four for Tom Thibodeau, you either better be scoring, rebounding, or playing defense. Guys like Luol Deng could do all of them. 
and on a, on most of his teams, especially with the Bulls, you saw he didn't usually have a scoring um, shooting guard. He's usually a, a, a rebounding and, def, uh, and defensive uh, shooting guard. So now their new um, you know depth chart, they technically have Josh Hart on the bench. If I'm Tom Thibodeau, I run out a lineup of Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and whoever has been started for them. Because personally, I I believe that Josh Hart is a guy who, yeah, he's giving you nine and nine and eight as a shooting guard, nine points and eight rebounds as a shooting guard, shooting fifty percent from the field. This number is the number that's concerning if you Tom Thibodeau. But if you're gonna go out there and give me not eight extra possessions a game, or eight possessions a game, hey man. God, God bless you. Shout out to you, man. I, I really, really, I really, really like Josh Hart to the Knicks. Um, so you know, I, uh, I the uh, I think the Knicks need to move assets. I want Shea. You're how you gonna get Shea? And you got Jalen Brunson. There's only one basketball, Bill. Anyways, let's move on. Let's talk actually about this. Man. I need to find some. I gotta find some. Uh, some cinematic music. Oh, all right. Okay, we got a fan in here. What's good? We got a fan. His name is MJ. MJ, what's good, Brody? How you doing? What's up, family? This is the first time of checking out your show. Thank you. I appreciate so, it. You have, have you, you dropped a comment today? Or you just, nah, I just I just I was scrolling on YouTube. I said, man, let me check him out. Because right, I was yeah. on the, uh a few other shows earlier. <laughs> we talking about the Lakers trade. Mm-hmm. But uh I was talking about the Lakers trade because they didn't want to send Kyrie here because they didn't want to fulfill him. They gave, yeah. uh, they did it for Durant because, you know, he stayed a good Samaritan. So that's mm-hmm. why they sent Phoenix. They weren't going to do Kyrie. Say, no, nah, we're not sending you to LeBron. Forget that. But in a way, I was telling my friends, I like the Lakers trade better. We got three players. We needed a defensive wing. We got Beasley that could shoot the three. And we got D-Lo, now you can't uh, double-team KD no more. Because mm-hmm. now J-Lo will hit you for 40. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, I agree. Um, but My only question is, do you believe you could trust D-Lo? Yeah, with, uh, with, uh, because, you know, you could trust him now because he's more mature now. Mm-hmm. And the difference between D-Lo and the center that they had, mm-hmm. uh, Towns like to shoot three. They center, mm-hmm. not with uh, not with uh, our center. Our center is going to punish you down low. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I hope so. This is my only my only thing about it is I think only thing I worry about with with the Lakers is is what kind of Anthony Davis are you going to get? Um, are you going to get an aggressive want to be in the pick and roll, Anthony Davis, or are you going to get an AD who's shooting a bunch of fadeaways like he's been doing because they haven't had any shooting on the team, so it's not any spacing? Like, how do you think the Lakers' spacing improves now that you all have D'Angelo Russell and and yep. these other guys on your team? Like, do you think that the, that the spacing will vastly improve and you'll and n- turn on the game and not be frustrated the whole day? Nah. Look what you just said. Now, if we still having a problem, that's coaching. I'm going to tell you, 
we call him Darwin Scam because he scammed me because he's coaching like the last coach with a small ball lineup. That's why we lost 10 games. Have you noticed? We lost a lot of games by one or two, mm-hmm. a lose lead, small ball. I say, I say, Darwin Scam, is him and uh, Patrick Beverly having sex? Oh, my God. Everybody pissed off. <laughs> this nigga love Patrick Beverly. I said, this nigga killing me. So now, now I hope he make, we got one more, we got to three o'clock. I hope they make the trade with Bodanovich. Trade Lonnie Walker, trade uh, Patrick Beverly at first for Bodanovich. That'd be perfect. Now I'm not gonna lie. If Rob Palinka is able to pull that pull that off, that's gonna be crazy. Yes, that's, that's the gonna one. Be crazy because so now you pretty much completely rebuilt your roster in, in ten days. Thank you. Now, nah, because we got all wings now. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that pissed me off. Now I know you watch some of the Lakers game. That young boy, I'm a man. Kadoos who. That's that coach. What's that? Uh, our offensive coach that te- that coaches the team. What's the Come shooting coach? Phil Handy. Phil Handy. Oh, man, Phil Handy get an A plus. That kid from Michigan be hitting them threes. He didn't shoot like that. <laughs> and he got defense, and he's still young. He's six six. I say, man, he's gonna be a beast. That's why they didn't want to trade him. Man, his upscale is so big. Now, if I was look, you could start Beasley. I'll bring Patrick Bailey off the bench. You can bring Scroder and Patrick Bailey off the bench now. I start that kid with uh with D'Lo and uh, you know Re was it Rio? Yeah, uh, uh, Rui. Rui Rui Hachimura. Yeah, yeah, Rui Hachimura. Thank you. And you know, and now he should be playing. He got eleven. William Gable should be playing with all them guys. Now you got the kid. Was it Vander? Vander? Uh, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Man, he played so much D. He could play D on one all the way to five. Yeah, he can, and he hustles. I said, I mentioned, I mentioned that earlier. He hustles he, and he plays defense. Yes. Only, and and he go and you know, I think even with eighty not wanting to be the five. To me personally, I would still start Vanderbilt because if AD don't want to play the five defensively, fine. You don't have to play the five defensively. Just play an offense. I'm going to let Thank Vanderbilt you. guard the big and Thank you just guard the power forward and then you just on, on offense, go down there, run the offense as a center. On defense, we'll let Vanderbilt, even though Vanderbilt's like 6'8", but it don't really matter. Draymond be playing center. He's six what seven six six something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then because you got because the other guy, I know you saw when they put the Gable guy in the game. Yeah, William, he begin, he got energy, nine points. Man, he be balling. And then dumb, dumb and scam, go back to small ball. The whole yeah. LA, the whole LA was talking about this food play small ball so much. I'm gonna tell you something. He finna get now. We finna see K. Right now, he get an F. He, we finna see if he could coach. Cause if he come back with that small ball with all these wings we got, hey, say like if you was the coach. I mean, you was uh, you was Rob Palenka. Mm-hmm. I'll pull him. I'll pull him in the room. I said, now, nah, hey man, I got all you got all these six five six six guy man. I don't see no two uh, yeah. two six one guards in there. I won't see that no more, bro. 
I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to see the small ball lineups. I do think, and I and I said it um last time we did a show because we do a show called Hoops and Brews because you said you're new to our platform. Um, I said it during Hoops and Brews that I thought that Darvin Ham has to like coach better. Like I, to me, I to me it like th- this is the key stat for the Lakers for the entire season to me. Hold on, actually, let me see. Um, Lakers record versus um. Okay, the Lakers record this year versus teams above 500 is 16 and 4. Lakers record versus teams below 500 is 9 and 26. That is pitiful. Wow. That to me is 100% boils down to coaching. We got someone else joining by the name of Kenny. Kenny, what's good? How you doing, Kenny? Welcome to the program. Wow. Man, glad to be here, bro. Man, I'm just right. as shocked as everybody else, man. So I definitely came to see you, man, what y'all was talking about. All righty. So, MJ, I appreciate you for getting your take in. You can stick around, but I want to let Kenny get some of his uh, NBA hot takes off. Um, okay. And then once he gets them off, you can feel free to talk after that, and we can kind of keep power on. Is that cool? Sounds good, brother. All right, cool. So, Kenny, what's on your mind today, brother? Man, it's – I mean, that KD news, man, woke me up out of my sleep, dog. I was – Sleeping, I just felt something, man. I just woke up and just hopped on Twitter, seeing Sham's tweet, and it just rocked my world, man. Cause I'm a huge KD fan, and like, um, although I didn't really expect it to work out in Brooklyn, I didn't see this coming to Phoenix, like, and um, so now my expectations kind of shifted, you know. Um, I like, I, I definitely like the move for the Suns. It, it definitely kind of got me thinking about, I'm also a Bulls fan, you know, from the shot too, bro. So mm-hmm. it got me just thinking about like, man, what, what are the Bulls doing, man? Because the package that, you know, the Suns got for KD, man, I felt like the Bulls, we had enough to, you know, possibly make some shake there. But, you know, it is what it is. Now I'm just kind of just focused up. I'm excited for the playoffs, dog. Like, uh, I, I can't wait for that. Um, although the Suns aren't necessarily my my pick to come out the West just mm-hmm. yet, I want to see how they come together. You know, I still CP still on that roster, and you know, you know how he is in the playoffs. Yeah, well, well not see. even that. Do you believe that CP and uh, and uh, and and um, do you believe that CP and KD can coexist? Like, you know, say like I, I said it a little bit earlier. Say what you want to about Kyrie. But Kyrie, you know, has been able to coexist on teams with with other with multiple other guys that can be dominant in the score. Now you take Chris Paul and you essentially put Chris Paul on a team um, now where not only is, you know, does he have to share these duties with Devin Booker? But now he also got to share these same duties with DeAndre Aiden. He's also got to share these duties with Devin Booker, not the ball handling, but the shot distribution and touches. With Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Aiden, do you think that Chris Paul will be good enough for the Phoenix Suns to, you know, be a, a championship level team? Like, I, I don't believe that their roster is strong enough for them to win the West. And I, I do agree with you there. I think you know, kind of they did trade away a lot of their depth and a lot of their better defenders on the team, mm-hmm. and like in Cam Johnson and you know Kale Bridges, so even Crowder, like those are really their yeah. three best perimeter defenders. So. I can see it being tough for Chris Paul to keep up with the Jamal Murrays and the Kyrie Irvings in the playoffs and still try to produce on the other end. So he's kind of the one link in that team that I'm I'm kind of questioning. But 
at the end of the day, man, if you got KD and D book giving you 35 a night, it's going to be tough for anybody to handle that. By the way, do you think KD and D book will be able to play um, well together? Because I mean, I like we've saw, we saw Kevin Durant on a team with, um, with Steph Curry, obviously. Um, but we haven't seen Kevin Durant on a team with an, with another dominant two guard that is ball dominant. Like Clay Thompson is not ball dominant. He scored what sixty shooting, dribbling the ball four times. Steph Curry obviously is ball dominant at times. Will him, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul be able to share that ball between the three of them enough for to allow Devin Booker and KD to be able to hit twenty five to thirty at night? Man, I I, I there's I do doubt that. But I do. I, I have faith in Monty Williams. He, he the the main reason I kind of do have faith in the Suns because I, I like him as a coach. And I mm -hmm. think if he can be able to manage those egos, like in crunch time, you know, and I think they, they got a good shot because, you know, it's going to be tough to really stop KD and Book late in the fourth. You know, um, unless you do have like some elite perimeter defenders, which only teams that come to mind are the Clippers. You know the Nuggets got some good ones too, but yeah, I I I share those same apprehensions. But man, either way, I'm, I'm excited to see man what they can do. All right. So as far as the Bulls, um, we we know we know Russell Westbrook and MJ. I allow you to come back in because you're a Lakers fan. Um, before we even talk about the Bulls, let's just talk up really quickly about Russell Westbrook. Um, is it over for Russell Westbrook? Nah, the Clippers want to pick him up. Now, I was hearing, because I was at the Clippers game today. MJ, I don't know if you know, but I'm an NBA reporter. I literally just left the Clippers game. I actually am going viral right now on the internet because of a blunder that I had talking to Kyrie Irving today. Uh, but um, So I was there at the game, and I heard the reporters say that the Clippers are interested in getting Russell Westbrook, and basically, um, you know, John Wall is going to get bought out of his contract tomorrow and get cut. Um, and... You know, we were talking, some of the reporters and I, about Reggie Jackson, who we feel has fallen out of the Clippers rotation. Um, so Russell Westbrook as a Clipper sounds what to you, if you had to describe it in a word, both guys. What is both of your answer? Ooh. He, mm, he played with Paul George before. Mm -hmm. But Kyrie later didn't want to play with him. Yeah. But... Uh, I don't know Westbrook. He they gonna put him in the starting lineup. I, hmm, I I'm gonna tell you I've been covering the Clippers um for I think this is our fourth or fifth year. I I'm my only caveat with putting him in the starting lineup is that the Clippers have been running a lot of like four wing and one center lineups. Like even their starting lineup now is Terrence Mann. Um, um, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, and Ivisa Zubai. If you put Russ in that starting lineup, I don't really think that that's bad because Russ is going to push the pace and be able to get and be able to get the ball in more pick and roll situations for Zubai. My only yeah. issue with that is is that I believe that the Clippers' most successful lineup can be Russell Westbrook, Luke Kennard, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Zubak because you need another shooter. So that way, if Russ is just in the corner, you still have other shooters on the floor besides Russ. Thoughts? Man, I do question, like, what could Russ add, like, that, like, you necessarily getting from Reggie Jackson or from John Wall? Like, you know, I, I do agree with Russ. Consistency. 
consistency. I love Reggie Jackson, but my biggest criticism of Reggie Jackson over the past however many years has just been, yo, he is not consistent. And it's just yep. facts. He's not like like game in, night in, night out. Reggie is just not consistent or as consistent as you need him to be to be able to execute and win and play like championship winning ball. And although he played well in that series versus the Suns, I just never looked at him as being one of them guys where I'm like, this is going to be a guy that's going to lead the Clippers to the championship as a starting point guard. You're right. Now, there's, there's two other teams that want him. The Bulls and Miami. Yep. So now let's actually talk about the Bulls. I'm from Chicago. Bulls fan. Love the Bulls. Um, I had all of my Bulls fans, friends tell me that Io DeSumo was going to be the answer. And, oh, we don't need Lonzo Ball. Forget Lonzo Ball and his knee because we got Io DeSumo. We got Io DeSumo. We got Io DeSumo. And I love Io DeSumo, Chicago a kid, not trying to disrespect him or disparage him. But I believe it's a, still a little bit too soon before his time for him to be ready to take over a playoff contending team as the point guard. Um, I look at him as more of a Bones Highland type of guy um, um, with better passing skills and a better ability to get to the rim um, with less shooting. Like So to me, I still think even Bones Highland, like Bones Highland, the reason why the Nuggets want to get rid of him is because they feel like he makes too many mistakes. But I feel yeah. like he does that because he's still too young and he's playing at 120 miles an hour. And I think that Russ would be a change of pace, but Billy Donovan has coached him before. And let's just be honest about the Bulls. Like, I mean, if you need guys to shoot the ball, Vucevic can, you know, you know, Vucevic will gladly stand out there and shoot threes, and so will Zach Levine. Yeah. So, you know, versus the Lakers, right, you just got LeBron that's pretty much shooting 10 threes a game, and nobody else is really shooting that many threes. So I think Russ would be a decent fit on the Bulls. What do you guys think? I think that's where he should go to the Bulls because he'll get it. He, he played good on the East. He'll be able to play, have fun. And if he go back to LA again, man, I think that's bad because I live in LA. <laughs> I live in LA too. So, yeah, yeah no, I know yeah. what you mean. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. He talked last season. But also, you know what? I think I'll, I'll say this I think Clippers fans would be a lot more respectful of Russ than Lakers fans were. Yeah. Like, I think that, you know what I mean? Like, I think Lakers fans, like, you guys take winning to a different, because you've won so much, you all mentally take it to a whole another level that it don't need to be. I think Clippers fans would just be happy that they feel like they have finally a starting point guard that they haven't had since Chris Paul left. Even though he's old and can't shoot, I think the Clippers can make up for what he lacks in shooting because the Clippers are not a poor shooting three-point team. They got a good um, three-point shooting yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. So if you surround, you put Russ in the middle of a good three-pointing shooting shooting team, and he's giving you eight assists a game on a on the on the third worst three-pointing shooting team in the league. He probably have a shooting team. Yeah, I think he could. I think he. Yeah, exactly. I think if I'm Russ and I go to the Clippers, my goal will be to average a double double. I'm trying to average twelve and ten, and, yeah. and and make every layup that I can possibly make and hit as many open jumpers as I can, and that's it. If I can get ten assists a night. That means that Kawhi probably got three buckets for me. PG got three buckets for me. And then the other guys distributed the other four buckets that I gave them, whether it be Zubak in the pick and roll, Morris getting an open shot, you know, or any of those other guys. Um, because right now the, the the Clippers just don't have anyone that can consistently walk the ball up the court and run the offense as a playmaker. 
They only have scores. I think he'll be better with the Clippers. I agree. He would. And even Ty Lue. Ty Lue, I, I, you know, people and, and, you know, I've had many arguments over Ty Lue because people love to disparage Ty Lue and say, oh, he was just LeBron's flunky. And to me, I think that's disrespectful that's to Ty Lue. He took a team with all them players hurt. And Frank Vogel couldn't even do that with the players yeah. he had. And Ty Lue is a better coach than him and uh, Darwin Scam. We call him Darwin Scam. Darwin Scam Darwin lost 12 games for us, and the refs lost five. That's 18. We, all, we lost both. 17 games we should have won. Yeah, no, I agree. The referees have definitely. Go ahead, Kenny. You were going to say something. Yeah, bro, I think yeah, Ty Lue to me, bro, he's probably the, one of the better coaches in the league, the way he's been able to keep the Clippers good, like, these past couple years while Kawhi and PG's been out. So, yeah. man, out there back, man, I really, I really do like the Clippers. And the point you made about, you know, Russ, like, if he's able to just come in and just facilitate and, you know, uh, score an efficient, you know, 12 points, keep his turnovers down, that's ideal for the Clippers. And I think that that would take them to the next level. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something. He'll probably average 15 assists for the Clippers because they got better shooters. But now we got better shooters. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you, Utah. You just saved our season. Because I was about to – if he didn't make no trade, I was like, forget this season. It's over. And then he yeah. probably have less pressure too. Like, man, I'm pretty sure that the pressure of playing next to LeBron and AD, he's going to have less pressure, I feel like, playing next to Kawhi and PG. And then, like, I think it's – I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure you could probably speak to a, you know, better TP, TP. Like, just the culture in the Clippers from the outside looking in, this seems like it's a more – you know, accepting fun culture than what's over um, in the Lakers. I'll say this. Um, my biggest beef with Russ has been the, the turnovers. No, it's not even, not, not even that. My biggest beef with Russ has been the the attitude when he hasn't been happy. Yes. Um because like even 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 that whole clip that went viral with the Lakers with him saying, you know, like, you know, win, lose or draw, have fun. Yeah, win, lose or draw, have fun. But Russ, we here to win games. Um, now, now I will say this in defense of Russ, when your team is a bad team full of a bunch of young guys that are that are not proven, it is part of your job as one of the leaders is to keep them, you know, kind of in the in in the mix and feeling good about themselves and where they want to go in the direction all of it. But at the same time, I just like the Clippers are very serious. They are. Like, they're, they're like just from even being inside the organization, they're very, very serious. They're very, very buttoned up. They know exactly where they want to go and how they plan on getting there. And they're looking for the best guys that are interested in winning to come in and help them to win. Um, so if Russ is going to be hell bent on winning and the conversation being, yeah, I was on the Lakers and I felt the way I felt because it was a bad team and we didn't have, a, you know, we had a bunch of young guys. As you can see, the team wasn't up to par or they wouldn't have traded for a whole bunch of guys. So the blame was put on me. But now I'm here in the Clippers. This is a franchise that got to the conference finals a couple years ago without Kawhi. And now Kawhi is back. Now we got Norman Powell. Now we got Robert Covington. Yeah. My job is to come in and help us win. And if Russ can adapt that mentality, then, yeah, I wouldn't mind Russ on the Clippers because I would love to talk to Russ every day because I'm sure me and Russ would probably have a lot of viral moments like the one I had with Kyrie earlier. Um, uh, but yeah, so, you know, 
Um, but I think it'll be interesting to kind of see where things go specifically, you know, for Russ, because I said it a few years ago. I said that I thought that um, that the NBA was going to take Russ and turn Russ into Carmelo Anthony. And to me, I feel like the NBA is kind of mellowing Russ out of the league. Now, yeah, it might are. just be me, but I feel like they're trying to scapegoat him out the league when <laughs> if we keeping it a buck and we keeping it all the way honest, Russ is not the reason that the Lakers are bad. No, Darwin scam. I keep telling y'all. The worst, the worst coach. He he got over on us, man. Came with that small ball lineup. When we would have you noticed when we play big, we win. When we go small, we lose. I told you him and Patrick Belly must go together. <laughs> Yo, but hey, but let me throw the, another name out there for you for the Clippers. Go ahead, bro. Kenny. What do you think about about um, D Rose for the Clippers? I seen the Knicks, uh, you know, they looking to trade him too. I mean, I wouldn't mind D Rose. I'm from Chicago. I love D Rose. D Rose was actually the first interview that our platform ever did with a player. He did. Um, he did an interview with uh, my co-host Pavy. Um, and, and literally he told, he gave us an exclusive. He told us that he like changed his entire shot form from when he was, before he was hurt. Um, just because he wanted to work out different mechanics and stuff like that. So shout out to D Rose. I love D Rose Chicago forever. Um, but I don't really know what, like the Clippers need a starting point guard. They don't need that. Or, or, or I'll put it this way. The Clippers, if they not going to get a starting point guard, they need a point guard that cannot start but play starter minutes, meaning that you can run that larger wing lineup with Terrence Mann out there, but instead of Terrence Mann playing 30 minutes a game or 25 minutes a game, he's playing 15 to 20, and Russ is playing the other you know, uh, 25 to 30 minutes in that ball game. You get what I mean? Like, to me, D. Rose is only going to be able to come in and give you about 15 to 20 minutes a night with his current health. So I don't really know how much that makes the Clippers better unless they get D Rose and someone else. Now, if you're telling me we're gonna swap D Rose and John Wall for um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, if you're telling me we're gonna swap John Wall and Reggie Jackson for D Rose and Russell Westbrook, I would say yes, that's a good move for the Clippers because Ty Lue will figure it out. And Ty Lue has also coached D Rose when he was in Cleveland. So they're gonna trade, they're gonna get rid of uh Jackson too. Um, I, uh, Reggie's kind of fallen largely out of the lineup. Now, a lot of it has been due to, uh, you know, you know, his health and him being hurt, but also he just hasn't been playing as good a basketball as they need him to. And the Clippers kind of ran, ran him into the ground a little bit over the past couple of years. Um, when Kawhi and PG got hurt, like they just kind of threw it all on him and now he's kind of fallen out of favor with them. As you can see, like he, he hasn't been playing nearly as much as he used to, and he doesn't start anymore at all. Like he's well, not they, in the in their main rotation. So yeah. Well, when they play the Lakers, they be they play like they're all stars. I mean, yeah, because you got to. That's the good. That's everybody. Because, I mean, I mean, Nan and also they've been everybody little brother. Man. You know what I mean? It's like I mean I got I got three I got three younger brothers and 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 they all taller than me now. You best believe once they got taller than me, they they tried to let me know they was taller than me, and I had to say, hey, I don't care how tall you are, I'm still your older brother. I knock you upside your head. <laughs> Cause you know I'm from uh, I'm from East St. Louis. Okay, okay. You know, so I got a lot of family. You know, Illinois, Chicago, mm-hmm. all my family there too, in L.A. But uh, uh. Miami is a uh, 
Oh, last what? team. L- last team I want to talk about actually. Actually, two teams. Let's talk about let's uh, let's let's talk about this one. Um should make a trade or hold on, Raptors or all right. So this is a question for both of you. Last question of the show. Uh-huh. Which team should make a trade more? Which team do you want to see make a trade more? The Raptors or the Miami Heat? Currently, the Miami Heat are still competitive. They're still playing good ball, but we've been hearing a whole bunch of trade rumors uh, surrounding Kyle Lowry because they believe that Kyle Lowry is over the hill. Um, I've heard Jimmy Butler's name come up a few times in conversation. The Heat are only six right now in the Eastern Conference, which uh, which obviously with the Nets' new um, roster, they're going to drop completely out of playoff contention, which I actually think the Wizards might make the playoffs this year. Um, but when we're talking about the Heat or the Raptors, the Raptors are currently in the play-in. I have been hearing a lot of people saying that they're trying to they, they're thinking about completely rebuilding and trading away Siakam and Anobi. Which team do you think needs to make a trade more, the Raptors or the Miami Heat? This is a question for both of y'all. Miami or uh, Miami? Yeah, wow. I agree, Miami. They should go on against Siakam. For who, though? You got to give up something big for him. Get them young boys that can shoot away. Yeah, that would. I mean, that wouldn't be bad, especially because Duncan Robinson has a, a fairly sizable contract. And if you're the Raptors and you want to get bad, the best way to get bad is to take on some bad contracts. And at least you can have put some shooters. Because also, I don't believe that the Raptors are going to be bad for long. If Me they either. are bad, I think the I think the Raptors are going to have um, uh, a Cleveland Cavaliers kind of tank, where like yeah. LeBron, LeBron. I'm talking about the second time though. Like when LeBron left the second time, the Cavs were really bad for like two years, and then they were right back immediately competitive. You know, pretty much as of last year, and then obviously this year they got one of the best teams in the league. Um, so. They I'm not upset with that. Be killing I'm not them. Upset with that. Yeah. I used to live in Vancouver. The oh, taxes, the taxes. They live in Toronto. That yeah. tax in, in in Canada is oh, really? is like bad? LA. It's like LA and Chicago. Yep. Oh yeah. Even, Trust me. Even I know worse. about LA taxes. Yeah. Even yeah. worse. <laughs> oh really? Really? I yeah. didn't know that. That's, that's interesting. Why, that's why he don't want to play on them big contracts. Ah. So we might we might get. What's the guard, six five guard that can shoot? Um, Trent. That's who we wanted. The Lakers want him. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, y'all. If 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 Rob Palinka is able to flip Gary Trent Jr. or Bogdanovich before the trade deadline, <laughs> I want I want you and every other Laker fan because I know I know you didn't say something bad about him over the past two years. I know you. I don't even have. I don't. I ain't even met you before, but I already know you have. All of y'all owe him an apology if y'all if he can if he's able to pull off one of those massive trades. But MJ, uh, no, go I'm ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm kind of me. I'm a, like a conservative. I get mad, but I don't lose my mind because you still got because you because my team is the Cowboys. We go through this all the time. The Cowboys and the Lakers same way. When well, at least get, you got one team that win. My team win, but my coaching, coaching. Now look, look. Before we go back to basketball, go we ahead, got let's talk about Super, actually we talk about Super Bowl. Who gonna win the Super Bowl? I'm going for Kansas City. I hate selling up. Go ahead, uh, uh, Kenny. Who you got? Who? Yeah, I'm going. I'm rolling with Philly, boy. Philly. I'm going with Philly. Um, just because I got a homie who who loves the Eagles. <laughs> I um, hate to. Nate, loves, Nate loves, rebuild loves was Eagles. crazy too, bro. They 
rebuild from like the last Super Bowl. They totally rebuilt that shit in like five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a great rebuild. Well, what would you about to say, uh, MJ, about the about the NFL about uh, football? Well, the Cowboys they always they be winning, but our culture we got rid of the cancer. The cancer, the last of the cancer, was that dumbass. Excuse my French. Was Kellen Moore? Now he's here in San Diego. Them dumb rock, them rock. They they knew our route. The route tree, it's the easy. It's the worst route tree that everybody know about. Now we're going to the West Coast, and we got our coach coaching, and we're gonna go with a running game, a scheme. This guy didn't know what he's doing. Y'all gonna see San Diego receivers gonna be complaining. Watch what I tell you. Watch what I tell you. I, I don't find it hard to believe, but also believe when Jerry Jones is no longer y'all um, president of football operations and y'all general manager, y'all will finally win a Super Bowl. Facts. Well, he he, you know why we be in, we draft better than everybody. Y'all do y'all draft incredibly, but what is it? What is you know it why? about? What is it about what he does that he's not able to put together a comp, uh, like a, a a a team that can get beyond a divisional round? I don't understand. No, no, our coach, you got to remember. We look. We be losing the, the, the coaching, making it hard for the quarterback. Now, watch what I tell you. Everybody talking smack about the quarterback. Watch mm -hmm. what happens when he go to this West Coast and the receivers. All this. Watch what Yuri. Watch what kind of Yuri have. We gonna be staying in contact, me and you. Watch what kind of year this guy gonna have. Cause now he got the, the receivers. Decide to Ross. That's how you get an interception. Kellen Moore stuff is stupid. Mm -hmm. With the West Coast, we already know. You know they are. Well, now nah, I can I can play without. It's like you a receiver. You can play without thinking. Our receiver was thinking too much. That's why he had so many interceptions. We ain't doing that no more. That's why they fired him. McCormick fired him. They McCormick told uh, Jerry Jones, "If I'm gonna get fired, I want to get fired on my own terms." So I want to get rid of Kellen Moore. <laughs> the whole yeah. cowboy, the whole cowboy nation is so happy. Just like I'm feeling happy today. Finally, now it's on um, Darwin's scam. He got all these wings. If he don't, if we, if we keep, if we play small ball, the next game, the LA everybody gonna want Darwin's scam fired. Watch what it takes. That's hilarious. But thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys for calling Yo, in. I'm about to get up out of here. Kenny, go ahead. Get your last word in. Man, bro, I just wanted to get you one question, man. Go ahead. You know, go I'm ahead. A, I'm feel a WNBA free. fan, too. Go ahead. Feel so free. I just want to get your quick thoughts, bro, on, like, all the moves in the WNBA. Uh, yeah, all the moves in the WNBA. I, don't, I think that the Aces look good on paper, but it's not going to work. Um, and I think that New York has the potential to be a dynasty. And what a lot of people don't realize is, is that um, – the New York Liberty and trading for and trading for John Quill Jones and signing Brianna Stewart and I think they got Vandersloot correct. Yep. Um, in doing that, they play together or they played together in Russia on the same team. Like Brianna, mm -hmm. like the line, the lineup was literally like Vandersloot, yep. uh, John Quill Jones, Brianna Stewart, and whatever. And then once all that stuff with Brittany Griner happened, obviously that team wasn't what it was. So they're literally just rebuilding the team that they have and that they play with over in Europe and in Russia um, in the WNBA. So whereas the Aces, they're really just trying to, you know, sustain. And I, and I think Candace more than anything is ring chasing at this point in time because um, I think she knows. Um, and I have some, you know, some inside sources, um, you know, that basically was, you know, 
you know, telling me that she's kind of at the point finally where she's contemplating retirement and she just want to try to win another ring before she can. I agree. And I, and I, and I think, like I said, I don't think it's going to work out like people think with the aces. Cause it's a lot of shady stuff going on with the organization. I've been saying, I seen like the yeah. owner under investigation, um, seeing how they did the Erica Henry. I mean, we've been feeling that. So yeah, I'm rolling with the, you know, with New York and, and like, I like the team they building cause they still got DD Richards coming off the bench. So like, I think New York is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, but yeah, that's it. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on WNBA. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think, I think the, I think the aces made some good moves, but honestly to me personally, um, I think that if you are in the WNBA and you're looking at the aces and you're looking at, um, the New York Liberty as being the cream of the crop, I would say, just wait. We just got to see. I, I need to see. The only team that I know for a fact can will be able to play well with their roster currently constructed the way that it is, is the Liberty. And that's because I think four of the five women in the starting lineup played together on the same team in Europe or in Russia. As yeah. far as the Aces go, I have no idea. Are the Sky going to be anything at all competitive with the remains that they have after Candace Parker and Vandersloot leave? Will Seattle still remain competitive because they still they're um and they still have Howard, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so they still have Natasha Howard, and although Sue Bird retired, that team in Seattle was never all about Sue Bird or Brianna Stewart. They had a great team, and then you just added two all-time greats into that great team. And that's what allowed them to be able to win championships and get to the finals and for Stewie to win MVPs. Even when Stewie was hurt, the Seattle um, um, uh, a team was still very, very competitive because I remember the first season I covered in WNBA, although I don't cover the WNBA anymore as a reporter, the first season I covered the WNBA, the first WNBA game I ever saw was a Seattle Storm game versus LA Sparks in a college gym in like Pasadena. So mm. like and and yeah. even and even in that that team that I was watching had Candace Parker on Neko Gumake and that was the team with Chrissy Tolliver and um Elena Beer from like four years yeah. ago. And that Seattle team with nobody on that team was out there smoking them up because the team was good. So I think it'll be interesting to see which actual team in the WNBA is the best team versus us just looking at talent. Because to me, the difference between the WNBA and the NBA is one player to me can win you a championship in the NBA. Like if if the pendulum swings right and that guy gets on your on your team, in a WNBA, it's usually just about sheer like force and firepower that you have on your roster. Also, another team we 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 um, um, we haven't mentioned is the Mystics. Like they still like Alina yeah. Del Don has been kind of hurt and injured and in and out for the past whatever. But before she was injured. That she was the MVP, and that team was a team that was a force. So I look at the WNBA as not being wide open, but I do think that it's about four or five teams where I'll know by the first 10 games of the season who's going to be in the finals or at least those teams in the playoffs after the first four weeks. Because even with Candace and the Aces, for all we know, once they get together, yeah, I know Becky Hammond is coached under pop. But Candace Parker is not Tim Duncan and Asia Wilson, or, or I'm sorry, she's not David Robinson and Asia Wilson is not Tim Duncan. Yeah, I agree. completely different type of players. And mm-hmm. Kelsey Plum is not Tony Parker. You know what I mean? And Christy Tolliver, I'm sorry, uh, uh, sorry, not Chris Tolliver. Chelsea Gray is not Manu Ginobili. Now they're all their own individuals and they're great in their own individual things. But 
it's not like she's re-putting together the old Spurs roster. You got a you got basically a, a, a um um a point center that likes to stretch and run in the pick and roll, either setting the pick or being the person to get the ball back to shoot the three. You got a dominant power forward who's an MVP who likes to score. You got a you got a you got a pass first point guard that can actually really really score. And you got Chelsea Gray, who's one of the best ball handlers in WNBA history, who can flat out score. So to me, it's like, what does that offense look like now that right. you add Candace Parker into the mix? Because Candace Parker isn't going to the Aces to be Tim Duncan in his last years in San Antonio. She's still going to be expected to be Candace Parker, even though she's winding down her career. So I think the league will be interesting, but I definitely do appreciate the WNBA question. I'm sure all the W fans we got appreciate it. But thank you guys. I appreciate you for calling what? in. What Make did that sure- time come on? Um, I have no idea, honestly. Technically, I retire from doing podcasts, but our <laughs> brand is still active. Um, so occasionally, I hop on here and do it. But make sure you subscribe to our channel, um, um, MJ. Okay. And then whenever we go live, if you put the bell on, you'll yeah. know. Um, and you'll see us. It's, it's like at least four or five different shows that we have currently on our network. Um, this is just one of them that I usually do sometimes at night after the games and go over the highlights and scores and stuff like that. Uh, but if you follow us or subscribe to the channel, you can feel free to follow us on Twitter at Hoops and Brews. That's Hoops. The letter in the word Brews is on the screen. And if you follow right. us, um, we'll follow you back. And you can always tweet us in. More than happy to engage with you. Definitely appreciate you guys. For sure. Have a blessed day, brother. Y'all too, man. Have a good night. Shalom. Shalom. All righty. All righty, fans. So we have finally hit the point where we are coming to a close. But before we go to a close, I want to actually play um, some media. Uh, if I can, let me see. Is it in here? No, it's not. Let me see. Hold on. Let me see. His house. How is this going to play? I wanted to play Jason Kidd talking about Kyrie on the Nets. Let's see. And now nah, it's only going to pop up in the middle of the screen. I thought it was like going to make another video. But um, main thing I wanted to say to close this out um, is that the Mavericks are the biggest anomaly in the NBA right now. And they're the biggest anomaly in the NBA because they have, to me, um, two of the top 15 players in the league on their team. One guy's top five, one guy's top 15. And overall, I just think that this team... Last year versus the Warriors lacked the offensive firepower to be able to compete with what Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Jordan Poole could do if they're running on all cylinders. This year with Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic alone can match those three offensive firepower. The biggest question with them is going to be, will they lock in on defense and actually focus and, and really strive to be a great defensive team? If they do, then I think that they'll be fine and fruitful and they'll probably get back to the conference finals or the NBA finals. If they don't, I think it's going to be bad news for them. But I'm proud of Kyrie. I'm proud of KD. Kyrie also mentioned tonight after I asked my blunder of a question um, that basically, um, you know, that him and KD knew after their first year in Brooklyn that they didn't want to be there. And that basically they both kind of were planning their exits after they got there because they felt that the organization was a terrible organization. Um, Jason Kidd was highly enthusiastic about having Kyrie Irving on his team. 
Um, the players seemed highly enthusiastic. Theo Pinson was very enthusiastic. He really played with Kyrie on Brooklyn. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. was very enthusiastic. Kyrie was very enthusiastic. That's why I was like, damn, I feel kind of bad. Like I might have ruined his moment or like crushed his moment by being like, what do you think about KD getting traded? Even though like everybody in the room, that was what they were thinking about. Because literally when we were in the room, but as we were waiting on Kyrie, the reporters were like, all right, so who's going to be the one? that Kyrie going to get mad uh, to ask him about the KD trade. I said, fuck it, I'll ask him. So I did. I asked him. You know, so I think that um, overall, everybody's happy with this trade. Um, Kyrie said he feels like he's, you know, somewhere where he's wanted and needed. And I think that that's going to be tremendous for him. So, you know, I'm about to get out of here. I got to get up, go to work in the morning. H&B is no longer my full-time J-O-B. Um, so if you're watching this, please, please do me a favor. Who's ready to Because I put that ass to sleep. The more you like, tell me what I'm doing